Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season three, episode 11, The Friend, in which Frasier makes a new friend and finds more than he bargained for in Bob. Same forwards as it is backwards. <laughs> okay, I want to ask you this week, because this comes up in KSL when Frasier and Raz are debating kind of the innate goodness of people. Do you believe in the kindness of strangers or the strangeness of strangers? Where do you say, fall with that? Can I say both? You can, <laughs> but I want you. To, I want you to pick like a sixty-forty split. It's tough okay. Though, so yeah. academically and in theory, if I was discussing this with someone, yeah, I would say that I believe in the kindness of strangers. Mm-hmm. However, in practice, if I see a stranger on the street, I'm automatically cautious. Yeah. So I'm I'm probably more on the strangeness of strangers side. I, I am the same. In fact, I've got a good anecdote about this. Um, I was recently visiting some friends for the first time like about a weekend or two weekends ago because it's the first time we've been actually allowed to like travel or whatever. Um, and the three of us popped to the to the shops to you know, get some get some beers or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, we don't all need to go inside at this point. So I'll just wait outside. And I always feel like whenever I make that decision, it's something in my head. I was like, you are going to be stopped by someone. You are a magnet for strange people. Someone will approach you while you're waiting outside the shop. And someone comes up to me and he's like, you know, like he looked, he's got a full blown tracksuit on, but he had a University of Birmingham face mask on. So I'm like, maybe he's a student. That's, you know, a bit more, not quite as disarming. He's like, oh, excuse me, mate. You know, can I, can I just ask you a question? He's like, yeah, yeah. I had my Timberlands on. He's like, how'd you keep your Timberlands so clean? Because mine, you know, I can't keep them clean or anything. And they weren't clean. They were absolutely battered. And I was like, oh, you know, I just stopped caring. You know, I humoured him. Like, I'm pretty good at, like, just just winging it at this point. And I'm like, mm. oh, you know, I, I kind of give up, really. They, you know, they get battered. And he's like, yeah, I've got... I've got a pair to get battered. And then, then just kept going on and on. It got weirder and weirder until his friend came out of the shop and kind of tapped on the shoulder and said, you know, come on, let's go. And then my friends came out and he carried on talking to us. So we started walking away and then he just started shouting, oh, you know, where did you go to the uni? Where'd you work? And my mate was like, oh, I, I work in admin at the uni. And this is where he says, oh, admin, I'm the admiral. Admiral Benjamin Bird, and then saluted us <laughs> on the, in the middle of the pavement. And then we just kind of went, oh, okay, and crossed the street. And then eventually his mate pulled him away. I was literally near being sick with laughter on the how, other side how of the off road. his face was he at this? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Honestly, he was completely sober. Um, God. It was Admiral Benjamin Bird, and we just started theorizing that maybe he has killed some student named Benjamin Bird. That's why <laughs> he had because he was not a student at the at uni. There is no way he was. Um, it was one of the strangest situations of my life. So the point of that tangent was, I think I believe in the strangeness of strangers. I'm afraid yeah, people are pretty strange. They um, are, and especially the people. I mean, Fraser, I think, says at some stage in his episode about just going up to someone and saying hi and all that. The yeah. people who do that are usually the strangest ones. You can't make but, friends by doing that. No, it's, because people so think sad, you're a true. psychopath. Yeah. Like, if, if someone just came up to me and started talking to me, I'd be like, I'd, I'd automatically just sort of have my hand on my pocket, seeing if they're going to try and pickpocket me. Yeah. Uh, just, that sounds really sad, but... It's true. Yeah. I think once you're once you're out of uni, because you, that still works at uni, I think, because it's a way of, you know, you just sit next to someone in a class, and you're like, oh, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, and then you just start chatting. That was how I made a lot of friends at uni. I, I was just a kid who sat in the back of the lecture hall and didn't speak to anyone. Like all, all dressed in black, a black coat it's on. Didn't so move. sad. <laughs> I feel walked out again. Uh, by the time you leave uni, I think that becomes no longer socially acceptable, and it just becomes a little bit. You go up to someone in a bar and say, "Hi, I'm so and so." They even think you're hitting on them. 
yeah. or you want something, um, i.e. some cash. So, yeah, you know. Listeners, we'd love to know if you believe in the goodness or the strangeness of strangers. Um, and, please let and us know. if someone came up to you, either in a bar or in the street, or someone just went, hey, how you doing? And just started talking to you. What would you assume their end goal is? What are they trying to get from you? I would assume maybe a kidney or something. Um, I'm <laughs> just you, you said you were down our bonus set. You're very free with your kidneys. You're I willing am, to give them away. Only if you need them. Not like, you know, if this guy pulls what a knife What if the Admiral on needs it? The Admiral needs <laughs> that kidney, mate. Well, I, think, I think we actually did talk about it at some point. What if he tries <laughs> to take our organs or something? If he follows us home. Oh, I thought um, you said you talked with him about, oh, oh you know, do you need a kidney? To be honest, so many topics flew by in the space of five minutes, and it's very possible we did touch upon organs at some point. Um, Key, shall we tuck ourselves into Trivia Corner? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Okay. Okay, so this week we have got Cam Winston's questions and a bunch from the Cam Winston and Corey's little group of trivia trivia masters. Um, Corey himself was, had a very busy week, so he wasn't able to post his own questions, which of course is absolutely fine. Um, but thank you for letting us know, as always, Corey. It's uh, always always appreciated. So, question numero uno, okay, from Hamish for the friend: What makes Ross's day so good? Quote marks so good. Is it? I think it's like, oh, I love it when I'm right. It makes my day so good. Exactly. I just realised I did the Bob quote marks when I went, <laughs> Bob, so good. And any any kind of, just any end of a sentence. <laughs> quote marks. We're doing the podcast. <laughs> um, what happens in Nervosa for the first time in the entire series? Am I right in thinking it's not a thing more so that it's something visual? Yes, you are. Is it this weird tablecloth that just appears just yes, for the sake of a plot device? It is. Um, I've got a few. I've got a little extra, little extra something about the tablecloth, which I'll save for the review. But um, always a talking point with this episode, I think, because it just yeah. And finally, for Cora, for Hamish's questions this week, God, I get their names confused so often. Apologies, boys. Uh, Griffin Dunn, who plays Bob, features in the pilot episode as well. Who was he in said episode? I did not know this. I did not know this. And also, okay. I feel like I have to... Uh, the answer could well be right. But for me, I feel like it might be queering. I don't know. I trust Hamish implicitly, but... Um, I'll see I have no idea. I mean, he wasn't one of the main cast. I can tell you he wasn't Martin. I know that. Um, that is true. <laughs> was he... An extra in the Vosa, maybe? Or... I've got here, he played Russell, the first caller to Fraser's show. Now, as a weird coincidence, I'm almost certain the first ever caller is called Bob because he's going, listen to yourself, Bob. You're eavesdropping on her phone calls. You're doing this. I think that's the very first ever scene of Frasier. He's on the phone to that guy saying, listen to yourself, Bob. Um, so I don't... Scene. Say that again. Was that the first... That's a... I... I think that's the very, that the very, very first, one, first scene of The Good Son. I think he's speaking to someone called Bob. Oh, see, I thought it was he was talking to someone about how... It's about how they mar- like Seattle or something, or... I've just got... No, I've just, um, going I've just got the first... I've just got the episode up. It's someone called Russell, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, you're right. In the, Okay, so, Frasier says, listen to yourself, Barbie, follow to work, eavesdropping on calls, and then hangs up. But the first caller we hear is Russell. There we he's go. So, He's kind of the second caller, but he's the first person who calls in because we just hear the end of the chat with Bob. That makes a lot so, of sense. And also just a nice little in- coincidence that he's called Bob, the guy he's speaking to first. Um, so yeah, that is that is technically correct. Um, 
So the very... best kind of correct. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good stuff there. Um, I wasn't trying to be pedantic, Hamish. I just, I've got that quote him saying, listen to yourself, Bob. That's stuck in my head. Um, okay, Key. Uh, I've got, I've got about five or six others and I'll read. Actually, I've got, how many have I got here? Yeah, I think I've got six. So you read yours out to me and then I will uh, hit you up with the f- final ones from the, uh, the trivia group. Okay. So question number one. Mm-hmm. We see that Niles tries to make a friend in this episode as well. We do. What is the name of Niles's friend? Oh, God. I knew this, man. I made a note of this last night. Oh, is it Ralph? It is Ralph. Yeah, yes. come on. Okay. One for the question number two. Lay it on, mate. At the start of the episode, Daphne makes three guesses about what Eddie was eating. What are her three guesses? Oh, good question. I'm not going to get any of these. A, a diaper? No. No. Um, no. Oh, I could be here forever. I... <laughs> Guess again. Guess again. <laughs> I hate this so much. Um, oh, my God. A, like a, a toy of some kind? No, it's not going to be a toy. Guess again. Guess again. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to tell me, Jay. I think she says a hot dog wrapper, oh. a cigarette bud, and an apple core. For God's sake, man. God, good question, that guy. Very good. And question number three. Yeah. How many times in the space of two weeks does Bob call into the station? So I remember the bit when uh, Ross gives him his messages, and yeah. there's three from him. Yeah, um, but, yeah, then there's a line from Fraser, and he goes, that's X amount of calls in two weeks. Sugar, really? So that's where the answer is? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm taking as the answer. I don't know if he's obviously. I assume he's including all, in, including most recent calls, in that as well. I'm gonna say thirteen. Oh, mate, you you have high appreciation. You think Bob is what a lot nicer than he is? Oh no, it's more than that. Frazier says two weeks and forty-five phone calls. Holy hell! Can't we just get an unlisted number? That, oh man, I remember the unlisted number line. Um, yeah. That is nuts. Well, man. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, you think double texting's bad? I'd be phone scared calls. to death. And like when I'm... he starts moving into the apartment and that. I mean, in real life, what would you do? You just have to say, I mean, "Do at, not move in." Please. At this stage, like you're stalking me. You're, you're, you're so like, I don't like you. I don't need to move in. And I think yeah. any normal human being would respond to that like really hurt and obviously wouldn't go through with the lease. Um, Bob, I mean, there's questions. I'm really confused as to how Bob affords an, an apartment in. in uh, I mean, it's not explained and it's a big yeah. plot hole, I think. Because he doesn't seem like the highest earner in the world. He's... No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, so there you go. Um, is, is that all your questions, Kit? That's all of my questions. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. So I've got uh, one, two, three. I've got six now from our little trivia band, our merry band. So from Rosalinda, mm-hmm. what weird gesture did Gerard offer to do for Frasier? Oh, um, was it comb his hair? <laughs> Maybe like, we can meet up, get a beer or something. Maybe you I can comb, comb your hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> trivia from Missy Crane. In the end credits, what two things does Martin add to the blender while Daphne is making him a drink? One is beer, I think. Yes, it is. His trusty Valentine's. Oh, I'm not entirely sure what the other one was. Um... It's out of like a box that's on the counter, if that's any clue. It's like a purple tray, cardboard tray. Is it some kind of meat? 
some kind of i'm holding some kind of wrench <laughs> um <laughs> no it was pastry um pastry. i think it's got some kind of pastries in there initially i thought it was a donut i think in my notes i think the pastry makes a lot more sense i wasn't really looking um trivia for from sydney asbasket asbasket of course bob works as a children's photographer where does he work doing this uh, <laughs> Listener, think... listeners can't see me doing quote marks <laughs> is it uh, is it value mark well, right. is it the, or is it your dollar gets you more or something like that? Or <laughs> something you... like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, trivia from Hothouse Orchid now, Key. What does the sticker say on Bob's wheelchair? I remember seeing this bumper sticker and actually thought it was a talking point in the episode and it's actually not mentioned at all. Is is it honk if you love barbecue? Something yes, like it that. it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, final two now. Trivia for Run For Your Life, Key. How old is Niles? And I did flag this because he does mention it. I've like, I think, does he say, um, I've been your brother 38 years? Does this not surprise you? He seems much younger to me than 38. He, he does seem younger than 38. I, if and I had to peg Niles, I'd say like 34, maybe 33. I'd have said 32 um, to 33. Yeah, um, like, you know, when I say 32, I'm like, well, that's the same age as my brother. And Niles seems a lot older than my brother. Um, but it doesn't seem 38 and that puts Frazier at about 42 or something I mean, I i'm sure we discussed Frazier's age in a previous episode i can't remember what it was now because i didn't because we've had 40 something in season yeah. one so he's probably about 42 now if we're i mean i suppose to an extent you can't have a, like a 10 year age gap or anything like that because it just doesn't no. it doesn't really add up generally but it's not impossible so possible yeah we have seven years for me and my brother and we're pretty similar so hmm. seven years would have been permissible for the crane boys uh finally key trivia from niall crane how many buttons are done up on bob's cardigan when frazier breaks up with him another numbers one from niall crane here. I, he I loves the numbers did not pick this up um i'm just gonna guess because he's got i think he's got like cardigans with quite big buttons yeah because like they kind of match the beret or whatever you fucking call that thing <laughs> whatever you fucking call it. arrogant bastards arrogant bastards <laughs> um three oh, it's three <laughs> right? well, I'm blind, man. I always go with three I think you know a big a big thing like that, guess, like a blazer you think yeah I think three is just standard cardigan button number I think so I think so I don't own any cardigans but I feel like they're making their way back weird. I feel like I'm starting to see a couple more men in I cardigans I feel like I'm, I'm primed to get one pretty soon um, I, I don't think I'd, I wouldn't want a cardigan like Bob's cardigan I think I'd no. want something a bit more sleek you want it thin I want it like just like navy or black um, yeah. and yeah just thin yeah you don't want anything bulky yeah. um, but there you go that concludes <laughs> cardigan portion of this podcast thank and this you is, and that's been this week on cardigan chat next week <laughs> Buttons. <laughs> thank you everyone that wrote in this week with your trivia it's always appreciated um yes yeah, thank you so much shall we hop into the review key yeah let's do it mate animation tell us what it was please was it a helicopter i think yes is this new i have a feeling i've seen it before but that could just be from watching the show i lose <laughs> track of what we've seen before but either way it's a pleasant one um i'm a <laughs> big a fan it's a pleasant one it's coming off of a building that we don't normally see a lot of action from in the animations you know so i like that so good on your helicopter it might be chopper dave who knows um this guessing game now between martin and daphne yes does this make you laugh or like me is it extremely annoying to you and you hate this when it occurs in real life because when people do this in real life i'm like literally just tell me i'm not yeah, the, gonna guess um yeah i'm probably more in the fraser perspective of why must you play this ridiculous game like yeah. you're on 
realistically, you're not getting it, are you? You're no, not getting a half. They could be lizard. there all day. Yeah. Um, and the the whole guess again, guess again, it 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 becomes irritating. It it to be honest, it doesn't really start out as funny for me. It becomes more irritating, but then it does become a little bit funnier when he uses it in a later on in the scene. I think, yeah, John. Martin's final guess again is really yeah. funny. I think. Yeah. Um, but before that, it's, it's you know, it doesn't really land for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know what it is about these kinds of interactions. I just whenever they occur in my own life, I just find them mildly infuriating. So, yeah, so. yeah. I, I just I find it a bit weird. People go guess, guess, and you're like, well, the, statistically, I'm not getting. We this could up. be here forever. <laughs> like, Let's you just know. skip a few minutes ahead, get the answer, and move on with our exactly. lives. Exactly. Um, I did actually put, you know, what is it, Eddie Eight? But we find out on the elevator, there's a half-eaten lizard. Pretty, pretty disgusting, to be honest. That is pretty. That is not the subject of a light, fun guessing game, is it? And you don't want that in a nice elevator, like in the Elliot Bay. You know that. Who who I, cleans the Elliot Bay? Because presumably these buildings have attendants, a doorman, cleaners. We never would, see them. You would think so, and you would think they'd be making a complaint about whichever resident is bringing half-eaten lizards and just yeah. dumping them on the floor. <laughs> We've got some kind of cannibal thing living here, <laughs> some beast. Um, yeah, just I mean, you'd have to remember Eddie's a Jack Russell. Jack Russells are obviously hunting kind of hunting dogs. Um, they've got a lot of primal instincts in them, as a lot of dogs do, but particularly there. It's not surprising that Eddie would do this, I think. Um, if he was a Shih Tzu, maybe. It would be more surprising that he's absolutely decimated a lizard. A really adorable little Pomeranian just running around half a lizard's <laughs> mouth. Um, they've got tickets now. Nas has made a breakthrough of a compulsive gambler and he's got tickets to go to the races. Um, when Before he actually mentions horses, where did your mind go? Because initially I was like, do they need the dog track? I, I assume the dog track. And I was actually. like, they wouldn't go to the dog track. Like That's <laughs> not that's not luxurious. Is it, it, it does make me kind of want to go see some dog racing. I don't. I've know. never been. If you I've, been? I've never been. No. When I used to work at Malbec's at the garden centre, every like year they'd have. And this was kind of after I joined, and it kind of fell apart while I was there. I didn't have anything to do with that. But um, it was like a you know an annual outing around Christmas, and they'd go to the, the dog track and you know just have a bit of a drink and a joke and put some bets on. And like I was always you know oh that sounds pretty good, but yeah, I've never been. Doesn't. Yeah. I think if you went with a bunch of mates, it'd be a laugh. But I mean, going on your own, imagine that. That just sounds a bit sad. That it's just really depressing. It, that, yeah, it's about like I've got, I've got to gamble. I've got to go. I've got to gamble. I'm good and I'm not a good gambler. I generally don't like gambling because I lose. Same, same. And I, I care too much about. I care more about losing than I do about winning. Yeah. So if I, even if I made a small win, I'd just be fixated on that pound I lost on number six. I am so the same. Um, I've never. I don't think I've ever won a bet. Um. In my life. I put a pound either way on the Grand National the other week and and I'd, I'd bitterly regret it. Really? Bitterly, bitterly regret it. <laughs> if you could take back that pound, you <laughs> would. Um, so they have they have tickets to to go to the to the uh, to the races, the horses uh, in a luxury box, but Niles can't go because of the diminutive figures in silk clothes and a riding yeah. crop <laughs> reminds us of Marys. That's a really great line, actually. That's an really... Incredible delivery, isn't it? I, I love the visual image and it works so well actually. Once he's delivered it, you, it, it really lands as a joke. It's, it's consistent, so it's good. Really good line. Maris has a huge jockey vibe, like even though we've never seen her. She's got like this like upper class dominatrix jockey vibe going on. She? Um she's just so intimidatingly just yeah, cold and unfeeling that not that jockeys are, but so intimidatingly petite. Is yeah, intimidatingly Maris. petite. Um 
Frasier, the classic line now, Sherry Nars, he's obviously about the people at the wine club are insufferable bores unless they've got a drink in their hand. Sherry Nars, please. <laughs> um, is it me or is this this line, considering how famous Sherry Nars is, have we actually not heard it that much up to this point? Because I heard it in this episode and I was like, how often in the first three seasons up to now has he actually offered this? It doesn't. I, feel, I feel like much. we've heard it a few times. Really, I don't know why it really landed this week. And I, well, just I don't thought... know if that maybe that's me sort of retconning the episodes a little bit on the basis of whenever they he, he asks for a drink, it, yeah. I always just think that he's offering sherry. I, I never think of any other drink to be honest. Yeah, that's so true. So maybe there's an element of me looking back and and retconning what we've actually seen already. It's um, weird though, yeah. I don't know why it landed so so strangely for me, but um, it's a great line either way. Yeah. Um, it's clearly about noon or something, and they're just drinking sherry. I mean, it's just they didn't Nars drive to get over there. I mean, I brought on sherry, he's probably going to be okay. But I mean, I am cautious as anything. I don't drink anything if I'm driving, yeah. and not even like a bottle of beer. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoy at this point now Martin's kind of descriptions. Obviously, Frazier now realizes he doesn't have any friends. Um, and, and I really. I so love how he finds out he doesn't have any friends when he's oh, like, oh, well, Ed O'Hanlon moved away last year. Well, like Edmund Kelly, he'd never leave Seattle. No, no, they buried him three years ago. <laughs> oh, I miss him. <laughs> it's not his line of, yeah, in three years when you next think of him, there'll be a void. There'll be a void. <laughs> so good. Um, so good. I just love Martin now, just basically describing how, you know, since you're a kid, it's always been you and Niles. And like, it, it just it's sad but in a way it's illustrating how close they are and we've talked about how close they are and the fact they shared that hug in the last time i saw maris and although this is kind of sad for fraser and obviously fraser undercuts this by oh i've been falling back on niles which is extremely offensive um obviously fraser just doesn't think when he speaks at this point and i would be offended if i was niles but it, it does show that they i'm glad they have each other um and i think as the show goes on we're immensely grateful for that i think um, yeah. yeah, there's there's two real things that really stand out for me in this little bit here is is one we have a tendency I think to think of people as for, as friends longer than they actually are. Mm. Like oh yeah that person we're, that we were friends so we're still friends you know even if we haven't seen each other in years I don't know what he's doing now I might be lying might be dead <laughs> but we're still friends we're still friends until someone points out to you actually no you're not friends because you've not been seen each other for ten years and he's been dead for three there you go um I, I feel there is a tendency amongst people just to assume oh yeah well, we're still friends you know still friends <laughs> still friends um and also the point about Nazi I think that it's yeah I completely agree with everything you said it's a really it, it underpins how far their relationship has come. And the closeness between them. But I also think it's quite typical. I think most people, when you get to adulthood, that your your sibling is probably your closest friend or still your, at the very least, one amongst your closest friends. I think you so. Tend, tend to see family more so than you see other people, generally. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I think I think so. And as you get older, your your group does shrink a little bit um, in terms of your groups of friends. Just naturally, it's a bit sad. But um, there was something I was going to say then. Um what were you saying then? That was it. Um, so obviously your first point then was about how, you know, not seeing people in a long time and you can continue the kind of myth that you're friends in your head. Oh, it, it's, this is just nuts to me. I was literally talking about this yesterday um, to someone. We are going, we are going, it will be in this, this summer, 
it'll be three years, I think, since we've seen each other in person. Yeah, I'm but we're three still years, friends. still friends, three mate. years, and we, we you don't even live that far away from me. And obviously, now <laughs> things are easing this summer. We'll obviously we'll fix that. We will yeah. get together. I mean, I um, was I was planning to propose just going to see the cricket together. I don't know, do you know that new cricket tournament, the hundred? I've seen that. Can you, can you get tickets at the moment? Because I know they're on sale. Or they're on a uh, priority ticket booking. Really? So I, th- I think you can get them, and they're like fifteen quid a ticket. Really? Where's it at? Edgebaston? The Birmingham games are Edgebaston, yeah. So Birmingham Phoenix. I don't really know anything about this tournament, but I'm excited oh, by the oh, vibe. Is it like the oh, 100 best cricket players in the world? Uh, well, it's a load of international cricket players. So it's okay. like Kane Williamson from the New Zealand team. I think Moen uh, Mo Ali's in the Birmingham team as well. Um, but he basically, each side just bowls 100 balls. Whoever gets most runs wins, basically. Wow. In every game, that's it. Like, you've just got one innings each I, I i think so yeah i think it's just one innings each side 100 balls is it going to be 10 quite cool i like a lot of purists yeah. are moaning but i think sport really benefits from these kinds of like just little novelty innovations like when the golf has like the celebrity pairings and that like a, a pro with a celeb yeah i love that and it's um i wish football did more stuff you, like that yeah i think it's 15 quid a ticket but you get to see they do both the the women's a, a women's match and a men's match in the same day so you get Tickets to both games for the 15 quid. Oh, man. Um, yeah, keep me in the loop about that. I'd yeah, love I'll, to I'll get have a look tickets then, yeah. for that. That, and, that would be um, sick. What a day out. And of course, yeah, we got the, the football's on again this summer. So hopefully we'll be able to find somewhere to watch it where we can actually go. and Absolutely. And even if it just the... means going into town, let's do that, man. Yeah. Like, you know... Let's 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 not leave it another three years. Yeah, in three years, when you next want to go out with them, they'll be a void. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fraser obviously saying at this point. Um, well, you know, I, I'm that close to Niles. I practically know what you're going to say before you even say it. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> you had to hear that, Fraser. <laughs> That's a really clever comeback for Niles. Honestly, Niles has some stellar moments in this episode. He really does. Um, do you? We've kind of t- talked about this. So you don't need to labour on this if you don't want. I mean, do you find it easy to make friends or harder now? I mean, what would you? Has it got easier or harder as you've got older? Would you say? I'm much much harder since I've gotten older. I you reckon. I've- you're outside of my family and my girlfriend. You're probably the only person I speak to regularly. Oh and, man! And I met you 22 years ago. So yes, you did. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a recent thing. <laughs> I, I just don't really know. Once you get to a certain age, I don't really know how you meet new people because yeah. if you go up and just chat to someone, they think you're either going to try and hit on them or get a kid, no, mug them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then other than that, the only people you really see are either colleagues or family or existing friends. So. And all of my neighbours are over the age of sixty-five, and I don't think that I don't I don't really see Betty down, you know, having a good weekend out. So. <laughs> you don't go for a beer with Betty, mate. You're missing out there. Um, you drink me under the table. I'm confident <laughs> of it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, and it, it's why it's a shame for you know for, for adults that maybe don't have lost contact with the friends they had in in school and college. Um, I obviously, I mean contact with friends i had at uni and a lot for a lot of people uni is where they make their closest friends but weirdly it's school for me um and it's the people i was friends with at school i.e you i.e the people we met at secondary school who i speak to regularly every day now um so it, it kind of it's different strokes for different folks at the end of the day it depends on you know how your experiences were at those points but it's definitely it's definitely hard as you get older i think so we have the line from Ross at this point, I believe in the strangeness of strangers, which I just really loved. And obviously we've, we've spoken about that. We have Gerard and his, maybe I could comb your hair line, which is just <laughs> such good delivery. Like Gerard's comic timing here. 
So good. I mean, just have a look. Do you know who Gerard is? I was trying to puzzle it through a little bit, but I'm really, really bad with voice, especially because these are like the 90s. Um, so obviously the voices I think I know have changed. Yeah, is, it, is it? know a lot of them. I don't know his name. I'm, I'm Googling him now. I don't know. The name doesn't ring any bells to me. Right. Um, Give me B- the initials and I'll take a stab. A-M. That's A-M. A-M. Uh, I mean, looking at this, I'm not even sure he's an actor. I want to say... Alan Marks. I mean, he, Alan Marks is a solid Joe, and he's just—he's not—he's not combing people's hair. He doesn't comb his own hair. <laughs> no, he isn't having a. <laughs> um, I've got here Armistead Mopin. Oh my God, he's—I um, think that's he's so weird. He's an author. Um, I had not heard of. I think he's pretty famous, but I'd not heard of Armistead Mopin before. And I'm pointless. The other day, on the final round, one of the categories was names of Armistead Mopin novels, um, because he he has a lot set in San Francisco. I think. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Um, wow. but yeah. Apparently, that's him. I, I say he looks predominantly. He's, he's an author. He's not actually an actor. So. Well, for an author, he does a bloody good job with his his line delivery. Um, yeah, he's nailing it. One of the best moments. Um, Garth from Tacoma is alluded to here by Roz. Sounds like a really bad egg. Has things <laughs> rotting in his boot. Um, what was what it? Was it? Did, he, did he say, oh, squirrels, is it? Is that Squir- what he said? Yeah, Roz says squirrels really weirdly. Um, oh, I thought she said squirtles. She says, like, yeah, she says squirrels, I'm, I think. I'm pretty sure that's like a Pokemon. It is. It is. That's so weird you said that because Squirtle is what I heard. Obviously, that's not what she's saying. But um, yeah, Garth sounds like a bad guy and kind of case in point that this experiment on KSEL might not provide the best results of Frege. Um, I took a stab at the coffee count this week because it was was astonishingly high, as you can well imagine. There's a lot of nervosa in this scene. I think... I settled on the last time we did this, an episode or two ago, I obviously laboured the point that I'd lost track of everything. I had a feeling we got to 60 um, in that previous episode. By my count, this episode, there were nine coffees drank. Um, Niles has three. Um, He has one at the beginning when he's talking to Fraser or something, I think. And at one point, you see him holding two. Um, And obviously, one of them is... I think implied it's for for Ralph, um, but I've just counted it anyway because Niles is holding it. Frasier has six at the table when when because it, it cuts to like Bob talking forever and ever, and then yeah. the the coffees grow. Are you like barbecue? You like Who barbecue? Doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> um, so the idea I think is they're all Frasiers. So I've got it as a, a very cool sixty nine. Nice. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that's what I've got. But nine, that is our highest ever coffee count for this week. Huge amount, isn't it? Um, I've also, listeners might have liked the previous bell noise that I put for the coffee count, but I'm going to stop just doing that because it's annoying. Yeah, for nine, it's just going to be obnoxiously <laughs> annoying. So yeah, you're just going to have to go with me, go with me saying it. Um, Niles now obviously gets a bit offended and he's uh, like... One thing I'll just that? throw in, um, of the... Um, the P- George, I think, who who writes in, I, I think he calls in. Uh, we don't actually hear his voice, but we hear Frazier um, speaking to him about how he wants Frazier to invest five grand in a, a French fries vending machine. Oh, the Spuddy Buddy. I love the name, the Spuddy Buddy. Um, oh, do you not think the Spud Buddy is even better? Because oh, yeah, Spud, Spud is more common as a name than Spuddy. Spuddy and Buddy rhyme. Yeah, but Spud and Bud rhyme, and you've got the the extra bit on the end. What about the Spud Bud? 
even better. I think the Spud Bud's much better than the Spuddy Buddy. Spuddy Buddy sounds like a kid's character from a... I think we can say, if George is listening in, we're ready to invest. I've got a cool 5K in a briefcase, George. Just let me know where I need to send it. Um, I love the line from Niles where he's like, oh, it must be the much ballyhooed Bob when he arrives at the uh, at the, ta- I, at the table. I love Niles' jealousy throughout this, so this whole episode. It, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, and we have, I'm just going to take my microphone out of the thing so I'm starting to get like square eyes. I'm so close to the screen. Um, the tablecloth is here, yeah. okay? <sighs> it stands out like a sore thumb. It does. And I'm trying to think, I think... It would have been, they would, you don't ever see the legs really when the camera's on the table. So they could have no, done they, this. They could have easily have done it with just him sitting very close to the table. And just have the camera close up. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know why they go this extra step that becomes really noticeable. Um, I feel yeah. like there's ways of doing this that, other than the way they do it. I mean, maybe they're saying that from Frasier's perspective, rather than the viewer's perspective, Frasier would have noticed because he would have seen... I mean, you, you. I think if you were sat at the table, you'd obviously sit under the table as well, and maybe that's their thinking. But even then, I mean, why is there just one table? I mean, it just it makes it just it doesn't work in that there is no consistency. They never ever use tablecloths in any other situation. It's just a bit weird, and it's 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 it, it's an, it really sticks out for me. It's a bit strange. Do you know what I would describe the the costume and staging department for, for making this decision? Arrogant bastards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have made a note of this later. Um, in fact, oh no, it, it's it's much later on near the end, so I'm not going to say it. Um, what I've made a note of here, and I think this is where I was, maybe the episode wasn't as bad as I remember it being at this point, is that Bob starts out as really... Uh, um, is the word is it amenable or amenable? I never know how you. I, I think it's sorry. It always looks so good when you do. I want to give it a go. Do it, man. Get the mic. Um, out. Um, I, is it amenable? I say amenable. Amenable. Um, yeah. I think that's what it is. Um, Bob is really amenable to begin with. Um, yeah. he, he seems like he's really on the same wavelength. He enjoys Quotes the smart same books. Twain quotes um, the mysterious stranger. Yeah, Mark Twain. Um, yeah. seems like a great guy. Really nice quote as well. Something like. Um, before laughter, nothing else can stand, or against I think, laughter. Again, I think it's like, yeah, stand. against laughter in the face of laughter, something like that. Yeah. Um, a really lovely line. And I don't know, I don't know about you. I don't care how pretentious it is. I love like things like that. I wish I could quote like that more often. It just sounds yeah. so good. Like, See, I just have a bank of Simpsons quotes, and that's all I can do. <laughs> Smart SMRT. <laughs> so my my best bits is like when I can I can quote like Pablo Neruda, but only when that has been quoted in the Simpsons. I love like, that. Laughter is the language of the soul. And they're like, yeah, that's really deep. What's that? Pablo Neruda. Pablo Neruda. Uh, it's from the episode where Bart sold his soul. But no, I mean, that's, that's, a good that's, a, that's irrelevant. <laughs> um, so yeah, now we have the arrogant bastards and he starts moaning about the Japanese. They call a barbecue a hibachi. Um, yeah. The Mexicans or the Texans think they invented everything. Or is it the Mexicans? Bastards. Arrogant bastards. I will, I, will, I will admit, I find this funny. I find the arrogant yeah. bastards like I really funny. like his delivery of arrogant bastards each time it's it's really good it kind of comes out of nowhere it's really nice delivery it's a joke i I wanted to see labored a bit more i'd have been happy for him to say this a few more times like just because it's just a punch i'd have actually really liked weirdly enough um for someone else to be having a conversation with fraser and fraser accidentally say arrogant bastards that would have been and then realize it and be like oh my god (laughs) it's like i've been spending way too much time with him that would have been so good just to hear him say the b word um i don't know why i'm saying the b word 
I've been saying it all, all episode. Um, the squeak now when he leaves and Frazier sees he's in a wheelchair is very unsettling, as we will see later in a scene I would argue is one of the scariest moments in Frasier history. Um, it used to terrify me as a kid. I don't know why. It's just got the whole setup of a horror film, um, but we'll get there. Um, back at the apartment now, Daphne's making Martin a smoothie with a lot of fruits in it. Have you ever had a smoothie key? Do you own a smoothie maker? Would you ever want to own one? I think we all know I've not had a smoothie. I don't think, um, I mean, I can't remember the last I time I had I one. I think we own a blender somewhere, maybe. I mean, I mean that's, that's as good as. Makes a smoothie, doesn't it? That but it's not very good. I don't think the blades are very sharp. I'm not, I'm not sure what you can actually blend with it. It's a bit rusted, is <laughs> it? I, I wouldn't blend anything good, put it like that. <laughs> maybe soft stuff. Um, I, I think they're really decent idea. I think like it's a bit of a luxury purchase. You don't need one, but I mean, in, if you want to eat more fruit, like chucking up five fruits into one, like making it much easier to drink, it's yeah. kind of really easy. And given the lack of fruit I eat, it would probably be good for me just to be able to chuck five fruits in a thing and just mm. down a drink and just be like, yeah, did it. I think so. Um, are you but, a big? You're a big fruit eater, aren't you? No, I don't eat. fruit Oh, you at don't all. eat fruit. I thought you did. I mean, I don't eat much fruit either. So no, my, my diet is dreadful. I, I looked online actually because on the Office of National Statistics you can put in your age and sex and it tells you the um, your average life expectancy and like certain probabilities. So I've got a nine percent chance of making it to um, hundred apparently. Um, ten ten percent of getting to ninety nine, and I think it's actually like an eight point three percent chance of making it to hundred. And what the fuck? These people don't know what I eat because there's no that chance. That is so sad. Why would you look that up? Someone told me they were like, oh, yeah, did you know oh, you can look at life expectancy or not? I feel like you're tempting fate when you look at things <laughs> like that. It's just, that's a scary, scary dealio for me. Yeah, but the thing is, I looked and I was thinking like, 100? Maybe I should take up smoking. I'm not sure I want to. I don't know how I want to do that. Yeah, I might as well ride or die this thing. You know I what mean, I'm saying? It's, it's going okay, but I'm not sure if I want to do that much longer of it. Not <laughs> 75 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. Um, it's a long let, time. I'm going to touch wood for you, Kay. There you go. Oh, thank God, yeah. <laughs> arrogant bastards at the <laughs> Office of National Best. Statistics. Um, so now we're, we're like kind of having breakfast at the apartment and Fraser's talking about Bob's love for meat and Martin's like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I'm having that fritter, um, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> do you think um, Bob and Martin would have gone along? I think so. And I think the implication is they do when he comes into the apartment in a minute. Like, he has a lot in common with Martin. Um, but I don't know. He's like Martin turned up to 11, I guess, because Frazier obviously doesn't have much in common with Martin, but he tolerates him a great deal. Um, whereas with Bob, he's immediately like, no, stop yeah. talking about I mean, this the shit. thing with Martin is Martin is still multidimensional. Mm. Whereas with Bob, the only thing we know about him is barbecue. He's one note, isn't he? They don't um, give him much to go so on. So you wonder. But I do like, he has a really funny line when he's with Daphne and Mike. He's like, same forwards as back. Like, yeah, and then they've got an awkward laughter of the two of them. And he laughs, laughs. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, one of my, probably oh. my favorite pick of the of the lines in this episode is, he goes, did I tell you where I lived? I'm <laughs> astonishingly sure I didn't. <laughs> That honestly, the way Kelsey delivers that, the hands. Um, yeah, that's my favorite line of the episode. Oh, I love that. I knew and you'd love that. I just, I love that Bob doesn't even skip a beat. He's just like, yeah, it's amazing what you can find out line when you're stalking someone. <laughs> like, it's amazing what you can find out when you're a creepy bastard. <laughs> um, so yeah, it genuinely, would Fraser's address be that well known? He's a, he's a public official. I don't, not official. I don't think it would. I don't think. I, I mean, wouldn't be able to find a Radio One DJ's address on the internet, no matter how hard I looked. Um, no, I think you would. 
I think if you look on like the electoral register, you can like narrow it down to an area. Maybe like postcode, or is that even yeah. too specific? But even know. then, or it might be just like a county or a, a town or something like that. But I don't think you'd get a spe- you wouldn't get a specific address from that. It's um, it's a bit scary, man. Yeah, it's it's. This episode's up there with someone to watch over me for like scariest moments. I think in the show, it's yeah, it's, it's... Had some creepy things. Yeah, and Bob, um, like Bob's not a likable guy. Like he he's you know he doesn't mean any malice, but he at, at some stage, you know, even if you've been friends for someone for a long time and they're calling you forty five times in two weeks, I'll be like, oh. Matt, if I um, was calling you forty five times, you'd be like, yeah, f the podcast. We need to no, really have some breaks here. No, no, I'll be answering every time. I'm like, no, you hang up first. <laughs> we'll just keep talking. Do you imagine? Um, <laughs> I mean, after the apartment, they're at KCL, which is what this is the, the scariest scene for me I mean, all of Frasier. Genuinely, I know. I think I said this about Midsummer Nights, uh, Midwinter Nights Dream when Frasier appears at the door screaming. I think I had that as my scariest moment because I remember Recklier was talking about um, hers. I would actually say this is actually scariest is when you can hear Bob's coming and then you hear the squeak and then you see the hat coming on the windowsill. I get it's meant to be a visual joke, but to me, it's actually really creepy and like Frasier hiding in that and in his position, I would be scared because it is like a stalker's come to find him at his place of work and yeah, just yeah. I mean, Frasier's scream is amazing. What was that? Oh, just uh, no, it's like, oh, this old console, uh, this equipment's old and pathetic. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just so good. It's it's really creepy. <laughs> and I agree with it. It's really creepy. It's and you feel really I feel really sorry for Frasier in this scene because oh, I do. He doesn't know how to get out of this without seeming like a joke. I mean, he is completely overthinking it, but mm-hmm. he 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 is being stalked by by let's, Bob. let's be um, honest here. Let's call it what it is. And and why is everyone like surely if if you knew this situation one why is he just allowed into a building? I wouldn't have thought you can just walk into. You can't a radio just go station. to the booth where they're recording. Um, yeah. And Martin is a former police officer, and we know Martin thinks that people are nut jobs because he often clashes with Frazier. Yeah. Why does Martin not think this dude who calls you forty five times a week is a, is a weirdo? I mean, everyone. It's weird how everyone is so nonplussed about it, and no one really. Re- the only reaction we, I mean, obviously Roz says at the start that people are old nutters and all this, and the strangeness of strangers. But mm-hmm. what, she doesn't really do anything regarding Bob specifically. Niles is obviously jealous, but beyond that, nobody gets involved in any way, shape, or form, or cares. Whereas, even with with someone to watch over me, they were getting bodyguards and yeah, and they were all panicked. Now, Bob, now it's like kill him for a week. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can finally get his apartment. Um, I'm gonna have some nice barbecue. <laughs> have some nice. <laughs> um, I mean, I, we go to K uh, to Nabosa now after the, after the the KCL scene. And Martin and Niles is meeting his friend Ralph. Ralph. Frazier's meeting Bob. Ralph is a great guy. I, I'd like to have seen a lot more of Ralph, actually. Just, just when his... Niles. Yeah, you go. Niles is going on, you know, my profession's not like yours. They start by skimming the surface of the human psyche. And Ralph's response of, there's a lot of leaves this year. A lot of leaves this year. <laughs> That's right. There are. I live in my van. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, even the bit at the end is like, when you asked for coffee, I thought you were going to bring me some. <laughs> Just... I get big Creasel vibes from Ralph. Um, I feel Ralph and Billy Creasel. They he's, get on well. he's playing the same deliveries here. Um, obviously, he's like involved in kind of you know blue collar work in a, in a way that Niles feels a little bit superior, just like yeah. the Creasels. Um, but the thing, what, what Niles doesn't know is that while he lives in his his car, that car is the big 
is the big Mercedes. It's, it's the E320. Nice <laughs> it's the big Mercedes. Uh, there's a lot of leaves this year. It's an amazing line. Um, I mean, Bob, before he flips out at this point, and I think we can all agree, gets, goes nuts. Um, his yeah. line, who knows people better than you, to Frazier, really, really like gut punching here. That is a that, cutting line, isn't it's it? It's sad, man. It's like, oh, you know, well, look at look who I'm talking to. If you think I'm a weirdo, you're right, because you do yeah. this every day. And I'm like, damn, Bob. And then 10 seconds later, damn, Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn, I mean, baby, that's cold. <laughs> even at the start of this, this when they first start talking, like, I'm glad you call. I'm starting to get self-conscious here. It's like I'm the one who's always suggesting dinner plans and calling and popping Hat shopping. <laughs> like Bob, yeah, maybe get the message. Like, yeah, you're you the clearly one who's... know you're doing it too much. Yeah. Um, it's just... Oh, yeah, Bob. I mean, does Fraser do the right thing here to you in, in in turning it around and making Bob think he's a bad person? Because oh, I he... don't understand why Fraser would do this at this point. I don't think this is a rational I, thing to do. I would not ruin my own reputation just for the sake of someone else's feelings because that is what Fraser's done here. And I tell you what, if this was in the modern day... There would be like a trend on Twitter he'd and he'd be getting cancelled so be, hard. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Cancel culture in action, this, people. This is the end of Fraser's career in the modern day, you know. It is. Um yeah. No, I I I think that Fraser should just explain to him a bit more rationally. Just look, it's not that you're a weirdo. Mm. You are a weirdo, but you it's not because weirdo. of that. It's just that we we have no interests in common. I don't like barbecue. And to be honest, if he'd have just started calling, if, if Fraser had just done the, the time old trick of like people who are too scared to break up with their partners so just act as, as annoyingly as possible so the other person dumps them Classic. hey you know about should've... that <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if he just done that I mean just talking about how he hates barbecue and how all people who do barbecue are arrogant bastards then then Bob would have left him that's what he should have done just that is like, what he should have done. Can you believe people who like barbecue? Arrogant bastards. Arrogant bastards. But I just think he knows where he works. He knows where he lives. Is ignoring his cause and stuff viable now? I mean, would he just show up? Was in? Would Bob just rock up at his place anyway? Yeah, like if if that was another route to go down, like I'm just going to stop it. I'm going to stop talking to you and ghost you, which is obviously very prevalent in the modern day. Yeah, I think is because possible he's already shown that he just he will just show up at the apartment, and I think he would do that. I think he'd show up and be like, "Oh, I was really worried about you, buddy," and he'd be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, sorry about that. Oh, I'm still alive. I just haven't responded." And See ya. <laughs> um, one this the thing I wanted to say when they're talking, the table behind them has the tablecloth on it. Um, I don't know oh. if you clocked this. So they've they've not. reused the tablecloth for a different couple sitting at the table. Presumably it was lying around on the set all day. And they thought, let's just put it on a different table to make it feel a little bit more part of the maison scene. Um, but mm, it's still really weird. There's still no, doesn't make sense. You know, it's like, no. well, this never ever comes back again. So, you know, you can't have your cloth and eat it at this point. You know, you gotta make your decisions. Yeah, because we're all eating cloth. We're all eating <laughs> we're all eating cloth. Um, <laughs> I love you you started halfway through a phrase and you're like, I don't know how to finish this. You can see the look in your eye of I don't know. I I, I, I intended I to say what I said. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? I like to mix my metaphors like a cuisine art as Nars would say. Um birthmark man here. Yes. Yeah. Does not know what he's letting himself in for. Hey, no, I've got a birthmark on my back. I guess we get be friends. <laughs> hey, you like barbecue? Who doesn't? I mean, 
Yeah, we said, oh, we're about to catch a late dinner. Do you want to join us? I mean, what's going on? That's here? a bit weird. I mean, can, I, I genuinely, if you were going on, particularly if it's like a, a couple going out together and you just randomly invited a stranger to come along with you, you'd you'd find that it would just be you and the stranger because your partner's gone. They're hey, not staying around for that. They're like, who the, who the F are you for doing this? Um, yeah, just, no, I mean, it's a really uncomfortable scene, I find. I don't, I don't like it. It's just... It, we know that for Frasier, it's never about the chat. It is purely about their personality. And the fixation of Frasier's that he doesn't want to be seen as it as, as that being the reason. Mm. It, it's uncomfortable because nobody else thinks it other than Frasier. No one else would think that is the reason. And and his obsession with it and his fear of his appearance of it in respect of it is just it, I find it quite unsettling. I don't I don't particularly like it. No, I'm I'm completely with you there. It's it's the most awkward part of this this episode, I think. Um, the the post credit scene is just we've already talked about. It's Martin chucking some things into the blender here. I mean, there's fruit, there's pastry, there's beer. I know he's trying to make it more palatable. It's it gonna taste good. disgusting. I mean, um, blended pastry. That's just uh, beer. It, it, um, actually, just turns my stomach a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's the post credit scene. Is this episode in your top ten key? Do I need to ask? <laughs> I think it's it's not in my top 100. <laughs> I don't think it's in my top 100 either. Um, it's not in my top 10, that's for sure. Who have you gone for best actor picker? I think... I mean, I'm going to give it to Niles because okay. for me, the palatable moments of the episode are probably the Niles, the, the Niles jealousy. But, um, and he has some really good lines. I mean, I do love... Frazier was in contention purely for his delivery of the line. I'm astonishingly sure I didn't. I'm astonishingly sure I didn't. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I think all the, the the bits I like of the episode is in Niall's jealousy point. And I'm, I'm going to be I don't really see why this had to, he had Bob had to be in a wheelchair to progress the story, or why that his fixation of Bob's wheelchair really had to be that. Like you could have just done this story. If Frazier wants to make a new friend, ends up with someone who he doesn't like, doesn't want to hurt their feelings. And Niles is jealous, and the whole disability discrimination and fear of being discriminatory—it—it it, it, just—I don't think you don't—you don't need that as a plot point in this episode, and—and and that's what really lets it down for me. It just makes it uncomfortable. But um, for, for me, the, the more palatable moments of the episodes, the, the strong bits is the Niles jealousy point, and so for that, I'm going to give it to Niles. Who do you think I've picked, Kay? I think you've gone for Niles as well. Yes, I have. Yeah. But everything you said, don't need to say any more on that end. But um, that's exactly exactly what I thought. Um, as we're at the next week, I think is the halfway stage of the season. So mm. uh, because obviously we've got actor picks have like built up, and it like takes a couple of minutes to read through it now. Um, I think what we said is I'm going to just give a summary of where we're at and a catch up of best actor picks to date at the halfway stage and at the end of the season. So next week I'll be doing the summary and the catch up. That sounds excellent. And also, I should say, Emmanuel Seller, who we've re- read a few listener mails out recently, sent me a great little file they've made on Google Sheets, which is basically Excel. Um, and it was two pie charts and a data field. And all we have to do is put the data number in and it put it, it, it just the pie chart. And there's one for actor pick, um, which is really good. And you can literally just input the data into that um, and it will take you 10 seconds. You'll have a pie chart. Be- 
much better than my scribbling on pieces of paper. And then we can like, like if you want to do that, and then after next week's episode, we can put the screenshot up of like, here's how it stands halfway through season three. Um, there's also one for the coffee count and breaking down by the main five drinking the coffee. I am so grateful for doing this and I've sent them a message and we will definitely use it for the actor pick. Sadly, other than totals, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it for the coffee count because I'd have to go back through every episode and make a note of individuals drink, drinking the coffee. Um, that's my own fault for like starting this full, fool's errand of trying to count the coffees and maybe not doing it as comprehensive as I could have done. Um, but amazing resource and i will send you that after this episode actually and you can you can use it however you wish uh kendy burling i'm on the ground key what would he make of this episode and what would he make of barbecue is he a barbecue man so i was gonna say no but i think actually kennedy does like a cheeky barbecue is he the guy at the party who insists on dominating the barbecue he is he's the guy just pouring stuff all over it until it basically is a small explosion yeah now we got a fire (laughs) Does he wear one of those aprons that says my other car is a Ferrari, which makes no sense at a barbecue, but yeah. I think so, he wears yeah. It. I can see him in one of the, all of those ones where it's like a male body. Um, <laughs> you know the one I'm, I'm talking about where he looks like he's nude. I can see Kenny so wearing I feel like that. he's got like hail to the chief or something like that. <laughs> hail to the mesquite. Um, <laughs> thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play who's crazy anyway. I've got one word for you this week, and it's oh, the God. word knack. Knack. K-N-A-C-K. Knack. As in, you have the knack for something. Oh. Who oh. uses the word knack? I'm just going to do a control F on KCL to check. It's only used once. I'm fairly knack. certain it is. Um, there's so. nobody that jumps to mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's... I don't, I'm thinking possibly Martin, possibly Bob, possibly Frasier. Like one of them saying, "Oh, you'll really get a knack for this," or, or, well, maybe it's it's Martin when he's like, "Oh, well, you know, you have a you have a knack for making friends when you're young, and then you lose you lose it." Um, so it could be it could be Martin. Mm-hmm. It could be Bob talking about making bar like barbecues. Like, oh yeah, you get a real knack for. I've got a real knack for barbecuing stuff. Um. Oh, okay. So do I go with do I go with Bob? Or do I go with Martin? Is it a knack for barbecuing or a knack for making friends? The million dollar question. Oh, um, I am going to say Martin. I can just picture John Mahoney saying the word knack. I don't know why. So I'm going to say Martin. It's Frasier. No. But it is exactly the context you think it is. <laughs> Frasier says, what exactly is your point, Dad, that I've lost my knack for making friends? And he says, well, I hate to bring it up, but you never were very good at it. And then he talks about him and Nas. Oh, so yeah. I kind of want to give you half a point there. You, <laughs> you knew exactly where it was being used. Um, shall we jump over to listener mail? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent, let's do it. Ross, who's our next caller? Um, okay, listen, Mal, this week, uh, quite a few of you have written in. We should be able to get through these, but we might have to abridge them, um, as you've come to expect, and we, we hope you understand. A few points we want to clear up from last week, so quite a few people corrected us on a few errors we made. Um, it is, of course, Jodie Foster in Bugsy yes. Malone, not Nicole Kidman. We, Key knows that. It was just an easy slip of the tongue. I mean, this it guy, this guy knows he's Malone. I, I feel like I, I get... Jodie Foster and Nicole Kidman mixed up a lot more than I should. Likewise, <laughs> actually. I think it's an easy mistake. There is a part of me that thinks they might be the same person. Um, but 
And yeah, I mean, obviously, I... Nicole Kidman probably wasn't born when Bugsy Malone came out. <laughs> Kate obviously knows that. It's possible to. <laughs> um, also, I made an error here. Um, it's not Candy Kane that Frasier was married to in real life. It is the mysterious woman he's attracted to in Halloween uh, in, I think, season five, um, when he's dressed as Chaucer. Uh, she is the, the former Mrs. Grammar. Um, this, I think this has taught us both a lesson about saying things confidently. We should never do that. We I should think, always be like, maybe, possibly. I'm not really too sure. Um, I think we used to do that and then we got tired of it and now we just let ourselves take the pelters when we're wrong. Um, you know, it would a, a, a better podcast would maybe do more research, but that is not this podcast. Yeah, we are doing the bare minimum here, people. That is not <laughs> what we're about. We will let you correct us um, and we will, we will just say it on air. And if um, you guys actually want to do more of the legwork and, and just start giving us if, you want to edit That's the fine. podcast stories please because that would take a load <laughs> off my mind um swan pippa puts thanks to the post looking forward to listening li- listening this week good work thank you swan pippa uh next up we've got ostex 99 i'm not sure is this a new person it, oh, I... it could be they commented about um something else in freight oh yeah they, they put, there's a few things here that they, they've commented about yeah i'm just I, I think this might be a second message or something because I it starts so. with it's like also a yeah yeah um but yeah they say that the, the stagecoach is the old logo for wells fargo bank so checks drawn on that bank usually had the logo mm-hmm. um the logo is because wells fargo started as a shipping company in the west in the 1800s uh, hence the song the wells fargo wagon from the music man Apparently, it's very addictive, and it, and it will get stuck in your head. It's a very catchy song. There you go. So there's a few things from Fraser Grinch that we're clearing up. So um, when he says, that's enough Tallulah to, to Roz, mm. that is in reference to Tallulah Bankhead, a, got a classic Hollywood actress who apparently has a penchant for massively overacting. Um, so that's what that's a reference to. Um, B Dom 1997 put great episode again, guys. I quite like Fraser Grinch, but I agree, not one of the best Christmas episodes and not fussed on the OG Freddy either. Next few episodes aren't great up until Moondance season three is indefinitely a bit more uneven than the first two seasons, which were so consistent. I would say three is probably the weakest season of the first half of the series, in my opinion. I would agree with that, I think. I don't know if you would. Um, yeah, I agree, yeah. Regarding Nas's living situation, he does mention he's living in a bachelor pad at some point. Um, it's only just occurred to me that he's not living at the Montana at the moment, but cannot think of where he'd be either. Um, but can't believe both Villa and Cardiff got done by last-minute goals yesterday. I think he's right. Last game we played would have been the Grealish volley, which I just watched back. I mean, fair play. What a hit. See, I'm sorry, doubting myself now. I'm not sure that was the last time we played Cardiff. I feel like that was the year before we got promoted. Yeah, but then... Oh so, you, oh, so you mean we played them again the season I, after that? I feel we might have done. Yeah. I don't think we got promoted in that game. Yeah. Uh, at that season, did we? Yeah, that was the season so. we, we lost in the playoffs. Um, either way, I'm happy for that to be my overwhelming memory of Cardiff City as Jack's goal. <laughs> and thank you, Bidon, for your comment. Um, okay, so next up we have... Yes, we got Road Warrior 2000. Another terrific episode, guys. Uh, something I find out of place in this episode is how quick Frazier says something like... That is good news to Niles when he mentions that him and Maris might be getting back together. Uh, bearing in mind the previous episode, he'd been so pushy towards Niles breaking up with Maris. Um, just doesn't seem to follow very well from one episode to the next. Um, and then goes on to say, keep up the great work and looking forward to the next episode. Any thoughts on how Frasier gets Kate's cat back to her after she leaves? I don't have any thoughts to that end, but I love the point about him saying that is good news because it isn't good news. And also Frasier just wouldn't be thinking that. So. It is. It's a complete 180 from Frasier, isn't it? From, it you know, is. you need to stand up for yourself and to then, oh, great, you're going to get back. To-. Unless he feels maybe that Maris is starting to make concessions and maybe they'll have more of an even relationship. But 
It is a bit of a strange one. It is an odd one. It is an odd one. Um, Ludus Pop, Ludicrous Pop and Jay, but gentlemen, thank you once again for an excellent episode, even if Fraser Grinch was a little underwhelming. Nars' residence between the Maris Mansion and the Montana is one of the biggest mysteries of the show for me. To my recollection, we never see any any home of his that isn't the Maris Mansion, the Montana, or the Shangri-La. Maybe we assume that he's living off his salary as a psychiatrist in this period. If so, his place can't be too luxurious since he doesn't make Maris levels of money. But since he doesn't appear to be adapting to a seriously reduced financial situation, maybe he has some money stashed away. I would have thought he would be making a lot of money as a psychiatrist. I think psychiatrists make a fair wedge. Or well, I feel certainly for him where he's in private practice, he's got his own building. It's he... the end goal for a psychiatrist, isn't it? What he's doing. Yeah. And and we know that he'd been, I don't know if he owns that building and he rents out because he, he controlled the lease, didn't he? On, on the other psychiatrist when he got rid oh, of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Fraser came in for that episode. So uh, you would think he's making a bit of money, but the question is, does that money go into a joint account? Does it go into account his, his sole name? Because we know, obviously, like his bank cards and things like that were all in uh, joint names, or at least in Maris's name, so that he couldn't access it. So it does raise a question. And and how much has he got stashed in his own name? Does he have enough for you know a deposit and stuff like that? It is. It's a real uh, blind spot, actually. I don't think. I don't think. I, I can't recall from memory that we know at all in this at this moment in time where Niles is living. He doesn't seem to be making any adjustment in terms of his living conditions. Um, which is weird because obviously we know that he is so financially dependent on Maris up to this point that all of a sudden that he can apparently afford his his lifestyle without her, unless they've they've reached some agreement by which she's she's made money available to him or made access to their joint accounts available and. We've just not been given that information. Sure. Um, it's an interesting point. Uh, Pop and Jay goes on to say that um, record keeping, they also recommend Excel spreadsheets. So two people had spreadsheets on the brain this week. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and they'd also, they're also very interested in the live episode, which I think we're, we're definitely going to do and probably do a few of them because they sound like they'll be so much fun. Um, we probably, do you reckon we should, I reckon the end of this season, the recap, I think should be our inaugural live. What do you reckon? That'd be a good one to do live, actually. Yeah, because it's very laid back. It's very laid back. It's fun. It's chill. we can have I mean, like listeners doing reflections from the season, that kind of thing. Yeah. Are we? I mean, how are we doing it in the sense of? Um, I know. You, is it, I know you mentioned before you didn't know if it'd be a webinar format or a more interactive format. I need to think about it because it's it it might be easier if it's just us two that are visible, um, but everyone is present in the background, so to speak. Um, if it, if we're all visible in one's grid, it might it might be a bit harder to do. So webinar is probably the way to go. And I think with a webinar, you can still invite people to talk. Um, I, I'd need to look into it. Um, I think that would probably be the best bet. So what we're looking at right now is what we would see and what they would see. Uh, next up, we've got Sydney Aspasca, um, who says that Fraser Grinch was yet another brilliant episode. Such fun to listen to on a cold April morning as I walk about the city. Uh, firstly, who hasn't dreamed of having The Rock as their dad? You could just who wake indeed? up and smell what he's cooking. <laughs> nice. Um, they then go on to point out correctly, obviously we made mistakes on the Candy Cane point and the Bugsy Malone point, and goes on to say about, obviously their trivia question being, Bulldog's arm being in a sling, often mentioned by fans, but never mentioned in the show. Mm. Um He's surprised that they didn't make an excuse or just sub out Dan Butler for a week and chuck Patrick Kerr in his place as Noel while he was injured. Um, 
lastly they say that uh, they love the tangents like many others and they've got to say that these little things make the podcast different from so many others it allows us all to interact and become part of the show thank you so much for reading listener mail i always enjoy hearing the thoughts of others on the show and the episode reviewed and of course i adore hearing my own name read out sincerely mr s asbasket Squire. Squire. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sydney. Uh, Emmanuel Seller, who of the, the spreadsheet fame, um, who I mentioned earlier, put housekeeping suggestion. Oh, it's it's a comment about the spreadsheet. I didn't even realize this. Um, but they, they did send us this. Um, so we're very, very grateful. Uh, next up, yeah, we've got Miss Worcester 22. says another great episode. One of my favorite Xmas episodes, although not in my top 10. I have got a top 10 coming up in the next few weeks, though. When you were talking about homelessness, the place I've seen the most homeless people was Las Vegas. I wanted to give one guy a bit of money, so I went to the casino to use a cash machine, but the minimum I could take out was $150. Whoa. Um, I most definitely didn't have that, given I was living on cereal bars and bananas for the last week. Oh, my God. Uh, By the way, Will, yawning is most definitely contagious. Each time you yawned, I could not help but yawn. Even writing this now makes me yawn again. Definitely up for the live stream slash Zoom thing. I'm based in the UK, so easy to fit in. Loving the show. Keeps me entertained whilst working and relaxing. Thank you for all you do. Yours, run for your life. Thank you very much, Miss Worcester22. Reckley puts, can't remember best Christmas gear, but I do recall one year I was hoping for remote controls to kill a lot toy. I had Matilda, remote control Matilda from Robot Wars. Um, I think Cal, our friend, had to kill a lot. Um, I was always a big fan. Did you watch Robot Wars? I did not. I have no idea what's happening right now. Oh, man. <laughs> Robot Wars was the best. Um, you're familiar with the concept of Robot Wars. I imagine you put two robots in the ring and one comes out alive. Basically, people build remote control robots, but they're yeah. amazing. Like, it's all about the engineering. And then I... you have the house robots that are, like, part of the show. And Sir Killalot was one of them. And he would kind of come out and he was a badass and would kill everything. So, again, I noticed from The Simpsons, because in one episode, Homer builds a robot. There and they enter it into a, a similar competition. And Ray Charles, uh, no, not Ray Charles. What's his name? Craig Charles. Craig, uh, I like Craig Charles. He's in Red Dwarf. And yeah, exactly, and he did, hosted um, it. He hosted Takeshi, did he do Takeshi's Castle? He did. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously hosted Robot Wars. It was really good. Um, I tend to never give those charity to people any money. At the end of the day, it's a business, and that money goes through all the higher ups for it eventually. Eventually, what's left is put to the actual charity. About homeless people, I don't give money to them either. Too many crooks about pretending to be them. The class trick they use is a pet dog beside them and ties you to give you some money some contra- controversy here regular um <laughs> i wouldn't say i never give them money um just the particular incident i described last week was particularly embarrassing for all parties involved um but yeah that, that there are certainly people pretending out there but there is a lot of people in the uk especially who are genuinely homeless um so it's hot water to uh to uh to say the least the friend my second worst episode i don't find bob's obsessive behavior funny or comfortable it's the ending though that cements this firmly in my worst three episode list fraser tries to make bob feel angry at him instead of depressed which is honorable of him to do so bob acts like the biggest jerk by voicing his complaint out loud turning the cafe against fraser i find it a very petty act I just don't like how Frasier was left looking like the biggest jerk after trying to make Bob feel better about himself. It's interesting because I don't think Frasier necessarily does the right thing here, but Bob certainly is worse um, by just going... If I was in Bob's point, if someone did tell, if I was disabled and they said, oh, don't be friends with you because you're disabled. Yeah, I would do what Bob does. I'd be livid. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'd be... Bob's annoying, but... He only knows what Fraser's telling him at this point. He, he doesn't have the dramatic irony that we do. Yeah. I, I also think... find it weird, though, is that they're literally ready to form a mob to kill Fraser. I know. And then Bob leaves for barbecue, and everyone else is like, well, 
Let's all go have coffee again. Let's and go just again. leave it. He's like, someone else's problem now. He's, he's um, not even asked to leave. Like he just goes and sits next to Niall. So like, just I know. I a know. bit strange. It's a bit of a weird ending, I find. Um next up we've got Argogal Google Goop, who says, uh, thanks guys for bringing a little bit of Christmas cheer in April this week. As far as Fraser episodes go, thought it was all right, albeit poorly named, at least compared to the others. Um, there really wasn't much grinchiness apparent in Frage's character this week, apart from his revulsion at Martin's Christmas decorations and his outlaw laser RoboGeek Death Star. Uh, and that was a minor point at best. On that topic, it's quite hard to believe that Martin could have gotten all those decorations up between Frasier leaving for work and coming back that same evening. Even with Daphne's help, it would still be quite a feat to pull it off. Uh, side note, uh, Look Harry is by far my favourite Nervosa staff, uh, but this week her acting was far too exaggerated for my liking. Uh, not just her action of cutting the card, but also her facial expression while doing it. So look, Harry is who we were trying to remember, that that waitress we see a lot. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, again, yeah, I completely agree. I find it just a bit strange that, you know, she's obliged to... I to, have to do this. Yeah, I, I yeah. find it a bit weird. Um, but I think that's I think that's an element of the writing as well as the actress. Um, it just, it's a bit of a weird scene for me generally. I, I think so. Uh, Blue in the North puts, Hey, Will and Key, how perfect that the first episode you listened to after catching up in the podcast is the one where you read my comment in Listener Mail. Fraser Grinch, an enjoyable episode, but I definitely prefer the other Freddie, Trevor Einhorn, who is actually a very good actor. And they say how he certainly fits the image of Fraser and Lilith's offspring a lot better. Um, the Friend, the way I feel about this show, uh, this episode rather, isn't dissimilar to the way Fraser feels about Bob, annoying, cringy, and I want to run away every time I hear it coming. That's a, that's a good summary, actually. I can't that's add to a very good summary. Um, so, yeah, uh, they mentioned here how weird the tablecloth is which obviously we've, we've mentioned a few times just very jarring um and yeah the funniest part was uh for them was Niles bringing ralph to the cafe the, the idea of him trying to make fraser jealous by making his own friend is is hilarious <laughs> uh, just unbelievable levels of pettiness there um thanks for another great episode you two keep it up uh next up i think we've got cam winston am we i have, right? last uh, but not least Vella Boys, another cracking episode, and it's becoming a theme to start off with that comment each week. I will say that even though you didn't try to say the Maori phrase from last week, which means, which was, how are you doing? Uh, then how about this? Oh dear. Um, Tangata au ahuta? Ahatua. Oh, that's what I'm going to say. Tangata Ahatua, I think. Tang yeah, Tangata Ahatua. I'm, and uh, Will and I would just like to phrase an official apology to, to the, the people, people of the of world New Zealand. <laughs> um, for our, our butchering of your be beautiful language. Um, it apparently means lovely man. I call everyone, including Hamish, a lovely man. So that is, <laughs> that's a reference to that there. I thought he was specifically just going to say one of you is a lovely man. And, uh, <laughs> one of you is not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, other stuff. Um, growing up with WWF and WCW, um, I do remember having a huge fascination with The Rock and his aura he had around in the ring, around him in the ring. Um, and we all love the people's elbow and rock bottom. Uh, so yeah, he can be my second dad. Um, my, I hope The Rock is listening to this because I he's know, got man. a lot of Christmas presents. He owes all of his children. So much love for The Rock and also some <laughs> unfinished business, I think. Um, my favourite Christmas gift I ever got is hard to pinpoint down, to be honest. Uh, my dad gave me some cash to get over to the USA in 2007, which played for the flight, so that has always been important to me. But if we had to expand that to generic gifts, it would have to be the Fraser merch sent to me by PP, AC, and my lovely Helen, who recently got me a Fraser painting from above my Fraser Crane chair. Mm. That sounds really cool, actually. Really, really nice. Uh, anyway, peace, lads, and as always, up the villa. 
Um, P.S. Happy birthday to Hot House Orchid, a cool 30 recently. So oh, happy, that, that is Caitlin. Um, a happy huge, birthday, Caitlin. Yeah, happy birthdays to a very, you know, a, a stalwart member of the We're Listening community now um, for from here on out. So big happy birthday there. Thank you, everyone that wrote in. Um, that was quite a long listener mail, actually. Um, but good stuff. Always, always great to read out your thoughts. Next week, we have got season three, episode 12. Come lie with me. So um, job. Um, it is i quite like this episode there's a couple of patchy ones but we're, we're getting i'd say we're really the, the second half of this season's a lot better than the first yeah um, i think for me this, I is the, this is the turn now yeah I, I, I don't think we're necessarily in like oh this is absolutely amazing it's gonna be incredible but compared to the last couple of weeks i feel like we're out of that that funk that we've maybe found ourselves in in terms of weaker episodes yeah for sure we're really getting to some good stuff here i look ahead there's some really good apps um so yeah, really looking forward to that. Any final words, Key? Um, you don't. Ha- I always ask you this, just because I want, in case you have anything you've missed. I feel like I'm putting you under the, under pressure to say something. So if you don't, you can just go. I want to try and do like a squeaking noise, but I can't do a squeaking <laughs> noise. <laughs> that was oh just my psycho, God, he's it? here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was good enough for me, Key. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.